So my wife and I were leading a sophomore group Bible study and one of the students in our group had a pool. So we decided to do, you know, the group Bible study over at their house and at all church events, like whatever it was, youth group or anything, we had like a rule for uh, the girls, right? You had to have the t-shirt or the one piece suit on. So after we finished up the Bible study, some of the students decided to stay and swim. And as my wife and I were walking to the car, we overhear one of the guys yell, it's okay, ladies, we aren't at Bible study anymore. You can take your tops off. We both just uh, looked at each other and uh, kept walking to the car. Hey everyone, welcome to Unlearning Youth Group, where the podcast where we take a look at all the things we learned back in youth group. We find the good, unlearn the bad, and figure out where the heck we go from here. We have a met. My name is Jonathan Crone, and we're joined as always by our co-host, Mr. Eric Williams. Eric, go ahead and say hey to the people. What's up, people? Uh, this is going to be a spicy topic today. Spicy because today's about sex and uh, <laughs> how we... That was really awkward, but I'm going to keep it in here because I found it awkward and I think you'll laugh. Yeah. But... The, the big idea today is how we as church, and especially in youth group, we over-sexualized everything. Mm-hmm. And to a fault and to a point where uh, we're seeing some massive ramifications as adults to how we sexualize things. Uh, growing up, and the big picture idea, if we were to, if we were to concise to make it concise and try to uh, boil it down, it's the idea that girls were told to dress a certain way because guys couldn't handle themselves, and that guys were visual people. Mm-hmm. So instead of teaching guys not to sexualize everything and to be able to look at girls as human beings and not sexual beings. We told guys to bounce their eyes instead of training their brains. <laughs> uh, even that phrase, bounce their eyes, makes me laugh. Yeah, I mean, this whole topic, just over-sexualizing everything, it, it even boiled down to, um, you know, again, for long-time listeners, I know that, you know, I led youth groups and did the programming and stuff like that. I wasn't necessarily in it as much when I was in junior high and high school. Uh, but, you know, to the point that when we were programming um, – you know, student ministry nights or youth groups, you knew that the series that would bring in the most people is talking about sex. You knew that as as soon as you said, hey, we're going to do a pool party, like that would bring in people. So everything around sex or the sexualization or the way people look and dress and interactions between, you know, males and females, that was kind of essentially big business for youth group. And it still is today. And so, you know, same same type of situation that we've got going on here. Uh, the problem is now as adults, like we have to deal with some of this stuff that we had going on. Yeah. We did a series in the youth group that I was a part of called best sex ever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was, as a catch, we, the artwork was based off of the old VH one best week ever. Yeah. Um, I was pretty proud of that one at the time. Uh, actually still am, but the whole idea was we wanted to see like that God wanted you to have the best sex ever. Right. And so here are the rules behind it. But um, we also did a series called How Not to Get Caught. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we, every year, every two years, we knew that it always happened to be in February. It was yep. always in February yep. that uh, we did some type of sex series teaching. Relationship that. And, series. Yes. It's like, oh, okay, uh, mm, whatever. 
One of my biggest regrets in student ministry, and it's one of the ones that I think I mentioned last season, but it, I was giving a talk. Um, I forget the exact topic. It was, it was in one of those sex series or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I made the easy joke of leggings are not pants, yoga pants right. are not pants, that I, type of thing. I've done this that This would have been like 2011, 2012, yep. right when those things started getting popular. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had some moms who were leaders in the back of the room. They cheered it. And um, I felt really good about myself in the moment. But now that as I've learned, I've, as I've right. unlearned things, I realized that it was, that was kind of a harmful statement to make that sure. I shouldn't have said. Sure. And, um, it's, it's one of the, one of the few things that looking back that I really, I'm like, mm, I yeah. wish I wouldn't have done that. But isn't that true of this whole topic in general, where it's like, there is a biblical truth behind it, but the way that we, um, the way that the, the uh, I guess the analogies that we used or, you know, the way we talked about it all of a sudden added on things that weren't necessarily biblical, or if they were, if they were said in the wrong context around the wrong people, or we say it the wrong way, because, you know, I'm a, a middle-aged white male, uh, like all of a sudden that creates harm that wasn't necessarily, you know, needed, needed to be there. Uh, and even from the way that we just, you know, set up our rules. I mean, that, that was like when we would do camps or we would do retreats or we, you know, in, in student ministry, we had rules for bathing suits that were different for guys and for girls. Like I just, I remember kind of reading, okay, here's the camp rules for all the girls bathing suits. And it was like, you have to have a one piece, you have to have a t-shirt, you have to have short, you know, like all these things. And then guys, it was like, no rules, just wear a bathing suit. You know what I mean? And so it was just, it was very, very weird now thinking back on all of the burdens that we would put on one gender and not the other. Um, and even talking to my wife, you know, as a, as a cabin leader or as a counselor. And, and she was like, it's really hard to find a one piece bathing suit in a lot of cases, you know? So like even just burdening people financially or trying to find something so they could participate in the activities that we had. And so now the idea of what are you wearing when you're swimming and recreating as a 12 year old (laughs) could create a barrier for you learning about Jesus. Yeah. A friend of mine uh, posted on Facebook a month or so ago that uh, her daughter, who I think is 12, Mm -hmm. uh, 12 or 13. So right around that sixth grade area. Right. um, She's super tall for her age that finding a one piece bathing suit for yeah. a church event was impossible right. because with someone, her daughter's size height wise, they all end up looking, she said pornographic was the word that she right. used because the cuts of them that a two piece bathing suit actually would have been more modest in that because of the way she was built and her height. Yeah. And why are we putting the stigma on 12 year old girls that are already yeah. having enough body issues and dealing with changes in ways that guys will never understand. Yet we're going to make the stigma and the shame that much more. I think before we move on, I think it's important if we haven't said this already, like this is our perspective as two dudes who are in our thirties. We obviously don't understand all of the things that uh, women are going through. And so I would personally love to hear feedback. If there's any of you out there that have stories about it, you know, send us a DM, send us an email um, and kind of let us know from your perspective. We're just sharing the perspective that we have, which again is admittedly limited through our own personal view. Right. And so if we are feeling this, I can't imagine what, women are feeling. Yeah. But what I feel 
So there's two things. There's two reasons I want to do this episode. A, I think it's good for us to admit that we made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And B, I also have a bent that I want to teach guys to do better. I think that as a guy, I can't necessarily speak to what the women are feeling, but I can speak to how I raise my son. I can Mm -hmm. speak to how the guys that were in my small group that might be listening to this, whatever, did they hear me say these things that I may have said things that were wrong back when they were in high school or whoever's listening to this. Like I would hope that we can actually teach a, a better generation of guys because the whole point of us doing this podcast, there's a bunch of lanes in this deconstructing idea. Some people are deconstructing just to leave their faith. We want to be some people who deconstruct so that we can unlearn the bad stuff and have a healthier, more honest, authentic approach to following Jesus than we've had in the past. Yeah. I love the the analogy to the deconstruction. Cause I think about if you go biblically on the pruning part, right? Like we're trying to prune away the stuff that we don't need to keep the plant growing. We're not cutting the plant down, you know, at the, at the base because we're trying to get rid of, or, or even just trying to take a crap on youth groups or Christianity or churches as a whole. So yeah, so we got to prune so we can grow into something better. And as part of that, I know this being a sex episode, there's probably people listening to us that have never listened to us before. So Mm. I do want to let you know the format we do every week is we always intro the topic just like we just did. And because we want this to be a positive approach, the way we're going to approach the rest of the episode is we're going to now talk about what was wrong with what Mm. we did, which we've hit on a little bit. We'll dive into that a little deeper. But we do want to find what was right. What was the good intention that was underlying the bad approaches? And then, like we say in the intro, where the heck do we go from here? What do we do moving forward? So as we look more in depth about what was wrong with this over-sexualization of things, one of the biggest things, and we've touched on the shame that we, we gave towards young girls and young women, but... On the flip side of it, it absolutely absolved all responsibilities for guys. Nothing right. was ever the guy's fault. And mm-hmm. it it was almost assumed that guys couldn't help it and that there was nothing they could do. So girls, it's up to you. Guys can't fix it themselves. You have to take all of the responsibility for this. Yeah, there's a protection that you put the responsibility on uh, girls for. And I mean, if it's not obvious already, you know, there's probably some, um, trigger warnings for people going forward. Cause we're going to be talking about things that could be bringing up stuff for you or, um, hu- husbands for your wives, for your kids. So, I mean, part of it is, is being able to be open to talking to people about these topics too. But, you know, I think, uh, it's important for, you know, girls, wives, women, sisters, like your brothers, your husbands, there's a perspective from the guy's point of view as well of how this has negatively affected us. Um, because I would say a lot of guys too, it was like on the negative side, always looking out almost like the, like the sin talk that we, that we, you know, did a couple, you know, where you're like, oh my gosh, everything could trip me up. And now, you know, intentionally avoiding, uh, women or, you know, bouncing your eyes becomes now like, rip out your eyes and throw it away because now there's your, the pendulum swung, swung all the way to the other side about, well, Oh, I I can't, I can't do it because I'm, I'm somehow going to be caught up by this thing that I can't control. When in reality, it's like, can we just take a step back and look at it rationally? Right. We, 
we talk about it so much and we told guys, guys, you're visual, guys, mm. you're visual, bounce your eyes, guys. And we told girls, cover up, cover up, cover up to the point that by nature, a girl's shoulder is not sexual. Right. But because of the rules we put in place, and especially if you come from a fundamentalist background to where like you're, you can't, if your sleeve is short, it's too short and showing right. too much of your bicep, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And so by the nature of our dress codes and those things, we are the ones who made these things sexual. Because if you think about it, like what makes the two muscular pieces around the tube that a woman releases her bodily waste from, what makes that sexual? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not mature enough for this conversation. Oh man. It's just funny when you put it, when you put it that way. Yeah. It's like, it, what it's, about the mounds of fat on her chest that are made to feed her child when it is first born? And we're, people listening to this can't see, but we're we're recording this also on Instagram Live. So I see Eric's face right now, and he's he's having trouble holding back, like how ridiculous this is. Yeah, because it when you put it in those terms, like we make choices to make these things sexual. They're not yeah. sexual by nature. So my wife and I, I thankfully, because of conversations like this. Uh, we have gotten to the point where when we go to the beach, we play a game where we count how many butt cheeks we see on the beach, which this year it was a 50, 50 split. <laughs> that was poor wording right there, but yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> right down the middle, split right down the middle, split down the middle. Um, but because I finally realized that those flabby pieces of flesh, especially on someone who is not my wife mm. is not by nature sexual. And yeah. so growing up, we taught guys that it was sexual and we told mm-hmm. girls it was sexual. And have you ever stopped to think about how freaking weird it is that men in their 20s and 30s were telling 13-year-old girls or 16-year-old girls that their bodies were sexual? Yeah. And I, I honestly, I mean, I'm glad you put that in the notes because I was thinking through that and it's like, if you think about it, that is a, um, again, not accusing anybody of anything, but the concept is similar to grooming, right? Because now you have, you have men in their twenties and thirties, sometimes men that are only what, four years older Mm -hmm. than these women, right. That are controlling or giving, um, giving ramifications and guardrails of what women should and should not do with their bodies. So now women are looking to these men and authority figures that they're seeing as, oh, they're telling me what I can do. And now it starts to get into the sexual realm. And so that opens the door, uh, for a completely different form um, of sexualization that turns into abuse that turns into much worse things than what we're talking about here. So yeah, even just from the standpoint of us as men saying, Hey girls, this is what you should do with your body. Um, or, and this is the other spot where it gets, or by proxy. Now we send the female leaders to do our dirty work because now it's like, well, I'm not going to have the conversation with her, but I'm going to tell some, you know, 20 to 30 year old woman to go have the conversation with a 12 year old girl based on my, uh, based on what, what I've set as being right or wrong, uh, for, uh, you know, a girl's body. And that when you start to unpack it is as weird or weirder than 
your flabby pieces of flesh an- <laughs> analogy. <laughs> I had another one in the notes, but I'll leave it in the notes because yeah. I don't think I, my maturity level can handle going to that one. But as we think about it, we you, you, I like the fact that you mentioned using female leaders mm-hmm. because those women were brought up under the same yes. bad thinking as well. And so it gets down to that, like the idea of generational sin or things passing through the generations. Like we pass this shame and guilt from generation to generation to generation to generation. And I am glad that we're now able to talk about it. I'm glad that people are willing to work through it. And um, I, I don't think I realized the shame that went around it when I was teaching it because I had never heard a girl or a woman talk about, Hey, that teaching makes me feel this way. Well, um, imagine them bringing it up though. Imagine any of your leaders, what would happen if your college age female leaders or, you know, mid twenties, female leaders brought it up to you. Now you have a meeting with the elders. Now they're all of that becomes a problem. Now there's sin, you know, quote unquote sin issues or insubordination, or there's um, I'm not going to use the S word, but you know what they talk about? S word shaming. Um, and now all of a sudden you're going, Oh, this, Oh, you have a problem with that. You must be a uh, promiscuous or whatever else you want to talk about. And it's like, we've, we've also set up this environment where it's just impossible to be able to share your feelings openly about the issues that you have with it in general. And on the flip side of that, when we tell guys to bounce your eyes, bounce your eyes, bounce your eyes, or to avoid this or to avoid that or whatever, the first time they get out of youth group and they see a girl in a low cut shirt or they see a girl at the beach in a two piece or whatever, because in their mind, they've already been taught what you're seeing is sexual. Mm -hmm. Then we have already implemented thoughts and ideas into their minds because we were trying to get them to avoid it. But we did it in such a bad way that they now assume that that girl dressing that way has an interest in them or wants us to right. see them sexually. And that, that dangerous, she's asking for it, right? That dangerous. That's thing. the Ugh. natural realm. But it, right. we never thought to consider the idea that that girl is dressing that way because she's proud of her body and feels good about herself. It's not that she's sure. inviting other guys to come and do something. No. Right. Or what she's wearing is none of our business. <laughs> right. I mean, there's so many things that go into, but we automatically assumed because we chose to see women as sexual beings first, we assume that she wanted something, that she mm-hmm. wanted us to see something. And the shame that goes into that, the abuse that goes into that, and the assault that that leads to in some right. cases can be directly tied to how we taught young boys about how they looked at girls. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And no matter what, I mean, even if you don't go as far as what we're talking about with the extremes, it leads to unhealthy relationships with each other. Cause like you said, the first time that guy sees that woman on the beach or sees them in whatever they're wearing or whatever, it, it enacts like a fight or flight response, right? Where it's like, Oh my gosh, now my sexual urges have been triggered. And I'm all of a sudden the, that, that wolf from, uh, uh, from Looney Tunes, you know, that Jim Carrey turned into in the mask, like my tongue is out and I just can't stop. Or it's a flight response where it's like, oh, it's a female and she, there's epidermis showing and I need to run away. You know what I mean? And no matter what that, what that does, 
that doesn't cause, you know, that, that doesn't allow for healthy interactions. And I think it's, you know, we, we, we referenced this last episode or maybe two episodes ago when you were talking about dare, where the drug, drug abuse, resistant education. education ended up telling us more about where to get the drugs, how to get the drugs and what the drugs did. It's like in the same way as like the sexualization tells us more about what different pieces and parts and everything else like that. And it, it opens a door that maybe doesn't need to be open and, and no matter what just isn't healthy. Right. And it, it led to a lot of really bad things. And while we could probably do an entire series on unlearning youth group, sexual approaches, uh, right. we do want to move forward. We do want to like try to find the good. And obviously the people that were teaching this, us teaching this ourselves, Right. We were not motivated by negative things. There was something behind us. Um, we had good intentions when we did this. So what were those good intentions that were underlying things that ended up being bad? Yeah. So, I mean, we talk about looking at, at uh, women as being sexual first. Um, yeah. We should not do that. However, let's also take a pause. If you've read Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, if you've you know read any Psalms and some of these other things, like we were created to be sexual beings and have natural desires. And one of the first things that God told Adam and Eve was like, before the fall, go do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. You know, like go, go, get it on. Right, like you're no, naked. I mentioned before the fall because that means before sin entered the world, that sex and procreation and those type of things. They were walking around naked. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. like these were ideas that were around before the fall of man mm-hmm. and before sin entered. And it I didn't think about this until just now, but it's kind of funny that there was no shame mm-hmm. and there was no guilt yes. around them walking in the garden naked, naked until sin came in. Right. So by nature, our bodies are not sexual or shameful. Exactly. Well, go and then you go back to what God said to them when they said they were naked and they hid. He said, who told you you were naked? Right. So there was even this idea that an outside force said something that inserted shame into their minds. And so what what's the good? Like we're supposed to be living shame free and there are ways to do that. And when an outside force is, you know interfering with how God created you and how God's created your being. Like, so the, the good intention is to live without shame when it comes to the sexual nature of our beings. Uh, we just went about it the wrong way. Using the same approach. We, we were commanded to have sex. We were commanded mm-hmm. to be fruitful, multiply. And God said sex was good. Yeah. So th- we do have that in our backgrounds. That is part of who we are made. <laughs> I feel like I've referenced this guy a lot on this podcast because, but I'm going to reference that Bob tail guy again, mm-hmm. um, that kind of used to write books that we liked, but then started having really bad theology Yep. <laughs> in uh, sex. God, he wrote, um, when we deny the spiritual dimensions to our existence, we end up living like animals. And when we deny the physical sexual dimension to our existence, we end up living like angels and both ways are destructive because God made us human. Mm-hmm. So we have to live in the tension of animals and angels because we're not just sexual beings like animals where right. all we're wanting to do is survive and find people to mate with. Right. But we're also not angels who don't have those desires at all. So yep. teaching young people that there is that tension there is 
something that we have to do. There's a give and take with in the Christian community where we have to understand that it's neither person, neither sexes or genders responsibility to make sure the other doesn't stumble, Mm -hmm. but we have to know how we're naturally wired because of sin. We are wired this way because of sin and we have to learn how to combat that and to help each other out. Well, and I think you bring up a great point about the other gender. That's, that's probably the, the, the biggest point there is, yes, we are called to be in community with one another. And yes, we are called to help each other not stumble. But if you notice, um, I don't, at least I don't think so. You know, like w- Jonathan and I, we are not trying to go women. This is what you need to do. Right. Cause that's like, that's not up to me. Right. I mean, like there needs to be a community of godly women who are looking at things through the perspective of how God has called women to be, uh, to keep each other accountable. And in the same way, just like Jonathan said in the, in the open is like, he and I, you and I are, we are called, we are called to look at other dudes and say, guys, stop it, (laughs) you know, or what you're doing is not healthy or even better. Like you said, with your son and me with my sons, here's how we are going to, in a good way, um, build you up from being young. Yeah. We have to realize that yes, there are ways that people are wired and the mm-hmm. idea that women aren't visual, I think, is one that was a huge disservice. We acted like women yep. were also not the same way that guys walking around showing off certain things didn't have the mm-hmm. same effect on women as girls showing gray off. Sweat gray, gray sweat pants. Gray sweat pants. Or um, certain <laughs> t-shirts. Or right. um, yeah. yeah, I had a pair of gray sweat pants in college and I didn't realize that was, or in high school, didn't realize that was the case till I wore them to school one day and someone pointed out and I was like, oh. I never wore those sweatpants again, but there is a line between knowing how people are going to act and choosing to change Mm -hmm. their ways and being blamed for how people act and being pressured into changing. I can know that Eric, this isn't you, but if you were an alcoholic, sure. I could know that and choose, you know what? I'm not going to bring up alcohol around Eric. I'm not mm-hmm. going to drink in front of him. I'm not going to put, we're not going to have lunch at a bar because right. I'm choosing to change my way out of love for you mm-hmm. versus saying, you know what? You can never do this around Eric. If, if you, if you mention alcohol to Eric and he drinks, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that anyone listening to this can hear that there's a difference in that. And right. I think we just, we didn't articulate that difference very well. And I think also, in you know, you've said it before, it's, it's the choice. It's our own, you know, urges versus acting on those. Like, uh, uh, for instance, like, man, if I saw a good medium rare ribeye right now, do I, do I have an urge to eat it? Yes. Am I compelled to? No. Right. Like there are choices that it's like every time I'm offered something, I could say yes, but I will also go, I have the ability to say no and to not, to not emphasize that and to not remember that is really to abdicate any of our responsibility to abdicate any of our personal freedoms or free will uh, or anything like that. And so, I mean, that's part of the other issue is like, you can choose to change your own way for someone else, but you can also choose to, to not act on the impulses that you have. As well. And I think that choice is where we go from here. Mm-hmm. It's it's yep. where we take this this good and use it to move forward because 
we do have a choice in this. We have a choice to put our personal desires and our personal feelings ahead of everything else and make Mm -hmm. other people change because of our feelings. Right. Or we have the choice to say, you know what? I'm not going to act that way. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to look at her in that way. Right. I'm not going to expect that from him because ultimately it is a choice to sexualize a woman. If you think about it, when we see a photo of a woman breastfeeding, most guys aren't consumed with lust and can't control themselves because we see that a woman breastfeeding is the natural thing that her body was made to do. It is not sexual in nature. So we've made the choice in our brains to separate that action from sex. And if Mm -hmm. we can choose to make that choice, we can choose to view her in her normal conditions, especially if she's not her wife or our wife, Mm -hmm. In the same way, we can choose to look at her as, you know what, that's a person. And that is a choice we have to start teaching people, especially guys, to choose and that it is up to them. It's not just to bounce your eyes because inevitably you're a visual person. It's a no. As you see that that girl, you make the choice. Is she a human being or is she a piece of sex? Because as soon as you start to just look at the quote unquote parts, now you are dehumanizing them. And I think that's that's what I want to make sure is that everybody knows that you're a human being. And we could have also said this too in like the what's wrong section is when when we tell <laughs> when we tell guys like, hey, that girl that or that woman, that's someone's daughter, or that's, you know, that could be your sister, as if you have to, you know, the right thing about that is you're trying to humanize that person in the male brain. But at the same point, it's like, why do we have to why do we have to compare them to your sister or your daughter or your mom in order to make them human. The point is they're a human being. And so, I mean, that's just from the male perspective. And so female, you know, women, if you're out there, if there's pieces of this that you can share with us, I would love to hear your perspective on this too. Cause this is really literally just from two guys perspective. And we're going to do more episodes like this. We try to only do one per season because really an entire season, but this is a long ongoing conversation. So after you hear this, if you listen, Mm -hmm. if you have thoughts, I would love to hear from you. I'm at Jonathan underscore Corone on Instagram. Eric, you're Eric W712. I got it right two weeks in a row. Uh, So if you've got feedback on it, like we would love to hear you and we we could keep going, but we we do try to respect your time. So that's going to be it for this week. Um, if you haven't already, if this is your first time joining us, go back, listen to the old episodes. We've got all of season one. We've got two episodes uh, of this season already out. Next week, we're going to be talking about another uh, kind of hot button issue on the other side. Next week, we're going to be talking about mental yep. health. And Eric, can you tell people, just give a teaser about what that'll look like? Yeah, I think a good transition here. And I mean, you know, you, you put it uh, to us earlier here in the notes, but the conversation that we're talking about this week it needs a lot more grace, a lot more love, and a lot less shame and guilt. And the reason that that's so important is what we're going to be talking about next week is talking about mental health. And whether it was the sexualization younger or any other thing that has been going on in youth group, and now you have mental health uh, concerns now, or you know anything else in your life that has caused um, some sort of thing with mental health where you're, you're going to need 
help. A lot of times the church wasn't the safe place to talk about it. The church might've been the cause of it, uh, or the church might've been a place that made it even worse. And so we really want to unpack a little bit of this topic about mental health, uh, what we did wrong, what the right intention was and how we can go about it um, the right way in the future. So subscribe to the show. Uh, You'll get that next week when it comes out. If you like the show, leave us a review and a rating. Uh, If you don't like the show, then just uh, keep that to yourself. Actually, I do. I I do want to hear that. So you can reach out and tell me that if you want. But that's it for this week. We hope you have a great week. And we will see you next week for episode four.